face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. And we're back. On another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek The Next Generation. You know, back when I was in the Academy, we would follow every toast with a song. And there it is. Uh, <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> I hope we're allowed to do that. But that credit goes to Pogo. Exactly. Uh, genius. Uh, I'm pretty sure he will be blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was being played off of the ship's computer here. Uh, <laughs> Very well. Some, uh, some old Centurion documentary <laughs> from somewhere. <laughs> Gary, it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. It's nice uh, to be back again. <laughs> yes, it's nice to have you back. So today, very fittingly, you are uh, here to help me talk about um, uh, the episode Menage a Troy. <laughs> I almost said it wrong. <laughs> Menage a Troy, which is a, a Loxana Troy-centric episode. Uh, now, I think I said that uh, you would be doing the summary <laughs> for the next episode. Are you prepared? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, try. Any, you got to try. You got to try. I've got to try anyway. <laughs> How can I promote That's... you from acting ensign to a full commission officer if you don't try? <laughs> well, I don't know that. I'm, I'm only a lieutenant, so how we can... <laughs> uh, no, you're a oh, captain. Hey. Captain Gary. Captain. Uh, captain yes. of my ship, yes, but yes. not on your ship. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even know. Um... Ooh. It's like the two doctors, the two captains. It can happen. True. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll try. I'll try. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I'll be uh, short and sweet. Um, 
So I'm Manoj Troy, and basically we have a scenario when um, um, there's a conference in, in Betaset, um, and obviously um, the enterprise is there, and um, lots of delegates um, having a like a sort of peace conference. <laughs> yes, they have like a peace conference. It's the G20. <laughs> it's the G20 of uh, of Star Trek. Although with one exception. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he showed up. Uh, Damon oh, yeah, Tug. Yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, go. <laughs> face of Damon Tug, that's true. Um, and he respected women too. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a conference um, placed in in Enterprise D, and there's Beta Zeds and Algonians, and, and the Ferengis is invited too, um, which is quite surprising because they are not really, um, you know, like diplomats or something, they are more uh, traders. Um, and obviously, we see Vlaxana Troy, um, she's she's in the um, temp forward with Diana, and um, Diana <laughs> sort of has a um, she has a rough time um, coping with her mother, uh, it's always been a bit, um, I mean, that's what I actually. Um, um, so they love each other, obviously, but um, the mother-daughter uh, relationship was um, always a bit um, iffy uh, from their <laughs> side. Um, so um, they having a conversation, and then Damon Tog, um, the Ferengi captain, um, sort of get uh, attracted to um, uh, Troy, and he wanted to get her, um, and he wanted to offer her um, a position as a business associate, but he also uh, found herself uh, really attractive. Um, obviously, Vlaxana Troy um, uh, was um, so repulsive and <laughs> repellent towards this uh, little guy, um, and it, he, she even made a scene um, in Time Forward. Um, so later on, um, uh, Riker got a sort of permission to go for a holiday um, to Beta Z and obviously the, with Diana. So they ended up in Beta Z um, while the Enterprise um, was um, going to... I'm not really sure about um, the system where they were going to, but they actually went to uh, rendezvous with the USS Bradbury to Ooh. transport Ensign... Well, transport uh, Crusher, uh, <laughs> Will, um, Will Wheaton, to... Yes, as Bradbury, who will take uh, exams, oral exams in um, Starfleet. the Starfleet Academy. Um, so everything is going fine. The Enterprise is going to their mission, um, and um, in Beta Z, obviously Riker and Diana has like old memories relived, and and then they find um, uh, Mr. Holm and Blackstone <laughs> Troy as well in the same romantic spot. Um, Damon Tug appears. Um, um, interestingly enough, just out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> And um, he really wants to uh, get together and get associated with uh, Laksana. Obviously, she still uh, denies everything. And she's still just uh, so repellent towards this this guy. And um, Damon took kidnap everyone. Um, <laughs> so all three, of, all four of them, end up in the in the Kraton, um, the Ferengi ship. This beautiful Ferengi ship. Um, oh, let's see that again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so this is the crate on the Ferengi Marauder. Oh, um, very nice. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. If you're on podcast, you should Google it. But I'm pretty sure everyone's familiar with the, with from the, Eagle with Moss. the Ferengi. From Eagle Moss. This is from Eagle Moss, yes, exactly. Gives them some credit, too. Very nice. Um, so they've been kidnapped um, by Damon Tog. And, um, <laughs> and um, he really wants to um, have Laksana as, um, you know, 
offering her uh, service willingly to um, to Damon Tog, but Laksana denies everything. Uh, although, in terms of the because Tog um, basically made a remark, okay, just you must cooperate, otherwise, um, just just for the sake of your uh, safety of the do your daughter. Um, so he uh, she kinds of um, kind of um, you know go into the play. Um, she tried to give um, everyone, Riker and Troy, more time as possible, while um, uh, Riker has a chess game with uh, with one of the Ferengi, and um, they basically um, he basically tricked the Ferengi to you know get out from the cell, from the holding cell. Um, so they um, weren't able to um, enter the uh, ship communication system because um, they need talk uh, code, but then. Um, Laksana wasn't able to, to get it because um, Dr. Farak, I think. Farak? Yeah, that I was. I think the, so, yeah. Ethan Phillips. Ethan Phillips, who later on played uh, Neelix in Star Trek Voyager. Yep. Um, so he interrupts um, Damon Tog while he's giving away his code. And um, he also suggesting, okay, let just me examine the, the Betazoid female, and, um, and uh, I might be able to figure out what's the brain sequence uh, that makes her brain feeling being telepathic and they can sell the technology as well and they can yeah. make more profit so Damon Tog um, goes into the, to the uh, decision and um, basically um, Laksana being interrogated uh, with medical um, equipments while uh, Riker figures out a way to send some uh, hidden message in the in the um, subspace um, disturbance subspace. Uh, the Cochrane field, yes, the, the Cochrane, Cochrane field, or something exactly. like that. Thank the you. Cochrane <laughs> device, the Cochrane device, the plot, <laughs> the plot device. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so the Enterprise, meanwhile, was uh, finishing the examination of this nebula, um, and uh, obviously the Bradbury is there, and uh, they really want to get um, Mr. Crusher on on board. But then Wesley re recognizes something in the signal when they were looking. Oh, hang on. Oh yeah, but, I, yeah. but actually, I, I figured I just missed the part when the prime minister calls um, the Enterprise, like okay, Riker and, and Diana and Laksana just disappeared from the planet. So actually, they end up going back to Beta Z, and and um, they try to figure out okay what's happened, and then Wesley notices this. Um, this it's stuck in my head since I was a child. <laughs> Like every, it's like so weird. So Wesley just—that's basically what Riker does. Wow. Yeah, so he he this he he hides this message um, in this Cochrane uh, device and and um, and Wesley was just about to transport the USS Bradbury while he um, just recognize the signal so he goes back to the bridge and um, he they actually been uh, able to figure out where's the where's the craton is so they go after the craton and um, obviously Riker went to rescue Laksana um, in the craton and um, Laksana just to keep everyone safe and um, basically he she offers um, her self-willingly to Damon Tug. Um, the Enterprise arrives, um, obviously they uh, return back um, Riker and Diana, but not Laksana. Um, although Laksana appears on the screen and, um, and um, she sort of 
go into a play where um, where she really wants Captain Picard to you know to, to get off from her case because they are not together anymore. And then Diana figures out this is just a trickery to get her back um, <laughs> and away. So um, Captain Picard goes into a um, a really romantic and and um, it's a really romantic way to to get her back so um <laughs> he start to act uh, like he's jealous he's uh, he's even start to um, it's better get to have loved and lost <laughs> than never to have loved at all <laughs> i plucked the rose <laughs> oh my gosh very good stuff but patrick's you're hamming it up yeah, which is beautiful exactly um so um so they managed to get back um um so Captain Picard managed to get back uh, Vlaxana Troy from the Ferengi and he orders Mr. Crusher to go back to Beta Z in um, the maximal speed possible, warp 9. <laughs> um, so they go back to uh, Beta Z. Um, um, obviously, um, they, uh, the situation is solved um, and um, and Wesley Crusher, because he wasn't able to go to the Bradbury and go to the uh, exam to the Starfleet Academy, so uh, Captain Picard thought, okay, it's, it's not right, because you don't, didn't did so much for the ship, and from now on you won't be uh, just a, a practitioner, practitioner ensign, so you will be <laughs> a fully promoted ensign with uh, all the ranks and privileges. So he um, got promoted as, a, as, a, as an ensign in the Enterprise for one more year, and that's the end of the story. Yay! Good job. So how was it? How was that it? Was, you were extremely <laughs> thorough. I was like, whoa, that's like... <laughs> so you got it. You nailed it. That was awesome. I just watched the episode. I didn't even do anything else. Yeah, so I'm very, ready for the next time too. <laughs> very nice. That was a very nice summary. I liked it a lot. Um, I have a question about your shirt. I just see a little bit of it peeking out, but is that a Star Trek Discovery shirt? No. Nope. No, what is it? Just a random oh, Star Trek. Cool. Live long and prosper. Very nice. Welcome, salute. Nothing, nothing um, fancy. That's quite fancy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remarked uh, before we started recording. I remarked about your hair, and you had a very cool uh, answer. So I thought your hair looked different today. And yes, you, it's, it, it's the Chekhov style. The Pavel Chekhov sixties Chekhov style. Just to be specific. <laughs> I, I dig it. It's pretty awesome. If I had hair, I would do the same thing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> sometimes you could be I, Picard. You could be Picard. I, well, yeah. Sometimes I do have hair on Starfleet Boy. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> it just, just depends. Sometimes I have facial hair. Sometimes I don't. It's a weird chronicle of my grooming habits uh on on starfleet boy <laughs> i have to get rid of it this uh, beer sort of thing at one point as well because i i'm doing some other extra bits for not for my channel but you know i have i still have some other contribution to make <laughs> so there was a thing uh i read online and and of course i realized it as well when i was watching it but like um troy kisses riker in the little the little garden uh, in that one scene, and he has a beard. And in Star Trek, uh, is it Insurrection? She's like, Insurrection. I never kissed you with a beard before. So, <laughs> yes, she, she she obviously forgot about this kiss. And your answer is yuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really like this episode. I um, I'm always I always find the Troy episodes great because they're humorous and they're intentionally funny and filled with gags. Um, 
but this one I thought was uh, especially funny because there was a little bit of adventure involved as well uh, with the Ferengi. And yeah, I just thought the whole thing was a riot. I was laughing quite a bit uh, when I was watching it. And I realized things that I didn't... I I haven't seen this episode too many times uh, over the years. And so watching it now without with a very hazy memory of it from before, I realized there's a lot of great gags that I probably didn't understand when I was a kid. But now I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> there's a couple of things that I, I was like thinking. It's like, why didn't I notice that before? <laughs> because I was young and innocent, and, and I didn't really think that much about it. But now I kind of, it's like, really, that happened? Or that, that just was implied? Or, or what? what's going on there? <laughs> there's a lot of innuendo. It's, uh, but it's part of Star Trek. I think there's always been a little bit of uh, tongue-in-cheek and, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, that kind of innuendo-based humor has been a part of Star Trek for a long time. So mm-hmm. I like it. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, this episode is famous for uh, the Captain Picard, you know, meme poetry. image <laughs> and all yeah the poetry scene as well and there's just you know a lot of, a lot of good things you know, the, going the on. funny thing is because that, that not only pogo but other um music artists as well they they turn into that and they turn that bit into a music and when he actually starts to uh, start to say the whole thing the whole poetry um it just I, I can't listen to it anymore as a poetry i always got the, the song in my mind it sounds like I'm really listening funny. to Captain Picard. I'm watching the episode, but it, it sounds like he's singing. It's very meta because it's uh, it's uh, of course it's William Shakespeare. So, um, which Patrick Stewart probably knows. He probably knows it by memory. Um, yeah. Being so it's Shakespeare, Shakespeare actor. Yeah. Very very good stuff. Um, other than that, though, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this episode? Like, what about you? Well, you know me, I, I, I love Laksana Troy. Um, we share a birthday and a birth month uh, together, so I'm a special connection. Oh, when's to... your birthday again? I'm the 23rd of February. No, oh, now now everyone knows. Gosh. Now everyone knows. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wrote it down. <laughs> Basically, I born in the same month and the same uh, day as, um, as uh, Major Barrett Roddenberry, but obviously with a, quite a few years difference. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I share I share the, I share my birthday with her. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, but apart from that, really, I I, I always I always um, love her when she comes aboard the Enterprise, and and even later on in DS9 as well, like two in I think two times or once. Um, but she went to DS9 as well, so I always loved her, and um, um she's just such a such a blast in in every episode, um, and in in this one. <laughs> She sort of really concerned about Diana, and they had this uh, mother-daughter um, um, relation um, um, thing going on. Like, okay, uh, he, she really wants to uh, have Diana have kids and family, and and um, they touch on a lot of interesting topics at the um, at the beginning of the um, of the episode when they have this um, dinner scene in the in the conference, um, like. Um, <clears throat> Why don't you have? Uh, why don't you do what everyone used to do? Like have family, have kids, and and just live your life. Because what you do is it's it's kind of fun, but it's not what you should think about me as well. Because I might need grand, I might want grandchildren one day, <laughs> or just become a grandma. And you know, you just 
just live live in the enterprise. You don't have any romance going on, and um, that's the some that's something that um, we used to get from society. I mean, I always used to hear from my grandma and my 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 mother like, say, why don't you have want to have a girlfriend now, or you just uh, you know just get a girlfriend and your family, and then and then just get the house and the, all the society. That's what um, society wants from us, basically, from young people to you know lead the same life as they did. But obviously, that's a different generation. We are the next generation. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so. think there's. I I kind of I kind of am going to say that that's a little bit uh, of a. I, I support you and your generation, but I think that it's a universal drive in all of us. Uh, at some point, uh, whether we admit it to our parents or not, we also internally feel this drive to extend humanity, so to speak, and like, no, I, I, you know. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. It's, um, it's the principle is to, you don't have to be reminded all the no, time. No, this is true. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> with my parents, I mean, I mean. But that's just, what parents do. See, what I love about this episode is that, it, like, I agree because, like, I, I feel that I have a similar relationship with my mom. In fact, it's possibly, oh! <laughs> Oh, we were just we were just talking about our mothers, and you came on. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I've obviously arrived at the wrong time. Well, this, there's there's not a lot going on in this episode, so it's one of those Starfleet boys where we talk about a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> and then you show up, just like the doctor always does. It's just right in the nick of time to save us from ourselves. I wish it was dangerous for ourselves. <laughs> Doctor, uh, just to give you uh, an idea of what was going on, uh, Gary Gary gave an amazing uh, summary for this episode. He did. Oh, I'm looking yeah, forward you, to hearing it. You're going to have to hear it later. First time ever. <laughs> and then we were just going over some of the scenes we we both liked, and we were talking about. You probably didn't watch this episode. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> like, so <laughs> there's a scene where Counselor Troy in, in Ten Forward, where Counselor Troy and um, Luxana are having a, a conversation, and Luxana is being very annoying to Deanna by speaking to her telepathically and you know calling her little one. And then it prompted us to talk about how uh, our own parents uh, are try- constantly trying to get us to get married. And procreate and have children and it's just like a constant it's, it's what Loxana is doing to Deanna in this episode it's like a pretty universal experience I, I would say that obviously there's probably some y- lucky young people out there whose parents don't do this to them but for the most part like, your, your mom and your dad mostly your mom is going to have an opinion about who you date why aren't you married when are, where are my grandchildren it's like in no particular order yeah. And so that's when you popped in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I watch Star Trek to get away from stuff like that. So I, I, I don't know why it's on Star Trek. It's a great episode. It's a fun episode. It's a comedy. Sure. So if, if, if you think about that, basically, they try to, try to tell us, uh, get a life. <laughs> Instead of just working too much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are some of those posters new on the back of your wall there, Gary? Is, is that Star Trek 2 poster um, always been there? Let, let's say it's never seen before because I'm always in the wrong angle. I uh, was oh, in the wrong angle. Oh, okay. So I have a Back to the Future over there, Doctor Who, Star Trek Wrath of Khan. It's an A3 that, print. Um, that, I like Beyond. that one of Beyond. That's a good one for Star Trek Beyond. I like that one. Yeah, that's, that's I think, well, I would love to have the, um, the motion picture um, 
homage poster. Bet, oh, that's, that's that one is cool. a good one. Yeah, that's but that was cool not bad though. I like that one. No, too. not at all. Not at all. Yeah. It's, it's nice. I mean, up the other side is Doctor Who. Big Bang Theory, Star Trek Generations, and I'm I'm talking about my room again. <laughs> no, it's a good angle. You haven't used this angle before. I like this. No, 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 Both no, you no, and Sahel have changed your backgrounds. Yes, the... it's good. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, wait till you see my uh, next video, and then that's a that's a totally different setup as well. Oh, like okay. I have cool. Props in the table and stuff. I'm actually, actually, I did the. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just like commercialing myself again. Um, <laughs> You're totally, that's totally allowed. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't ever. But but <laughs> since the doctor is here, uh, just um, I I've been um, I've been doing today a uh, Doctor Who season ten um, review, like um, just a general thoughts about season ten. So you might be uh, interested about that one, no, and you can see my full. Uh, no, Who knew setup? <laughs> wow, cool. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just remarking, Gary, that the doctor's not very pleased with season ten. The time okay, traveler, well, yeah. The time he there's a show called Doctor time. Who, and then there's a show called The Time Traveler, and uh, sometimes <laughs> they cross over. <laughs> and, and the question is, will there be a show called Space Track or Star <laughs> yes, Trek? That, that, there's probably gonna be one. That remains I have a, to have be a strange feeling. There's gonna be gonna be one. to be seen. I'm holding out hope. I need a hero. There we go. <laughs> I do. So, so shall I read from the book or wait, wait? So Gary, oh, hang on. We just started to talk about Gary the beginning just, of the episode. Gary was just <laughs> this is the beginning. Oh, oh, I thought I was coming in at yeah. the end. <laughs> wait, no, they, oh, you're almost damn. at the end. <laughs> we oh. have a few more things. To, we have a few more topics to discuss. But uh, Doc, since you're here, yeah, we can tell Gary it. Don't refer. To, don't refer to me as Doc. Doc. Wow. <laughs> Don't refer to me as Doc. I, I really, I really love though you have Laksana Choi over with you. She's, <laughs> there we go. Wait, let's, and around. that's the that's the dress from this episode. Wait, can you say something again? Yeah, this is. Um, oh, yeah, this is. I can't. It? You got to move her over because. Oh yeah, that's the dress from this episode. Is it? This is the, the right one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She looks like She'll- Mary Poppins. <laughs> Speaking, she goes through like seventeen outfit changes, but I loved it. It was kind of cool. Um, and there's an Entertainment Tonight special that I just uh, posted on Twitter, which uh, has Majel Barrett Roddenberry hosting. It's a segment uh, about how women have progressed throughout the years, and they interview uh, Nichelle Nichols in it, and you know, and how like women's roles have changed on Star Trek over the years. And we're about to, you know, this is the part of Star Trek that I do love immensely is that with Star Trek Discovery we're about to even cross some more barriers for equality in many many ways and, and representation of different types of humans on a TV show so I'm excited about that anyway <laughs> uh, <Fingers> crossed. <laughs> uh, yeah a little plug for humanity and humanism uh, which are <laughs> I think important to talk about when we're talking about Star Trek <laughs> or Space Trek or Space Trek <laughs> Whichever show we're watching, um, that you, uh, Doctor, since you haven't seen this episode, I'd like to refresh your memory that Ethan Phillips is in the episode. Uh, the actor who plays Neelix uh, plays a, a, a mad scientist type, uh, well, science officer aboard a Ferengi. Doctor Ferengi. Yeah. yeah. And um, Ferengi. Mm-hmm. In this episode. God, poor guy. And I He's think stuck in the worst makeups. 
<laughs> well, except for in First Contact, where he's a hologram of himself. Yeah, kind of- yeah, that was a nice change of pace for him. I know. I think I bet these actors just love it when they don't have I, to. Uh, I didn't even recognize him in First Contact at the beginning because he had a mustache. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's right. He used to be um, on this show called uh, Benson. Do you remember? That's right. Oh my gosh. I, I, that's we talked about Benson. Uh, there's a lot of Star Trek. On alum- Benson, yeah. On Benson. Benson alumni on Star Trek. Um, Odo and Neelix. And, why did Star Trek uh, never get Robert Guillaume? Um, he, I believe he fell ill at a certain point when he was uh, doing that, that show, Sports Night. I didn't I think know that he, show. I think he, yeah, I think he had throat cancer. It was on cable. It was like one oh, of those... Man. And uh, I don't know. Well, now he's. I think he's passed away at this point. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I think for a while he had uh, he had some kind of cancer, and he just. Uh, but he was a great actor. I loved Robert Guillaume. Oh my god, fantastic. Gary actor. Benson is way before your time. Uh, <laughs> do you way. know anything about it? Do you know anything about Benson? No. Well, Odo uh, Rene Aubergeanois, uh started out on the show called Benson about. Uh, uh, governor, well, Benson, the main character, was the started out as like an aide or something and became the lieutenant governor and then became the governor during the show. So it was like a comedy That's show right. about uh, government, basically. Wow, <laughs> What's that? Butler Benson Dubois. Oh, he started as a butler? He was a butler no, on think, soap. And see, it was a spinoff. That's the thing. Benson was a spinoff. Uh-huh of soap and he was a butler there and then he was uh, sent over to 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 uh the governor governor i forget what the name of the governor is now and then he started off as clayton a budget Indicott director III. clayton endicott was odo yes i don't know oh, that's odo sorry darn it yeah. <laughs> i forgot well, yeah I, I, I'm, I just um looking at wikipedia um and it says renew vision as clayton endicott the third ethan phillips yeah. down I it off the top of my head that's crazy and uh missy gold <laughs> is katie gatling the governor Katie, oh my God! Oh, Governor Gatling, that's what his name was. Governor Gatling, right? And it had one of the (laughs) right, and it had one of the best cliffhangers, and it was completely unresolved. We never knew what happened. uh, Yeah, I definitely have to look at this one, and uh, it looks very interesting, actually. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if the 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 situational comedy would hold up today, but I, I mean, I I think it would. I remember some some funny. Come on, we still watch. Things from the 60s and 70s. It's true, we do. <laughs> I wonder if all these old shows are now on TV land. Anyways, we're really digressing from... Uh, yes. Bloxon <laughs> like, is coming to become the, you know, memory of something. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's that, there's that whole, you know, subplot and everything. Uh, and then we have, uh, you know, that's it. <laughs> there's not much else. What else? Oh, I <laughs> yeah, you should get that's- the... That's not Let's true. I mean, we have we have Vesley. We didn't have to talk about Vesley. Oh, uh, we have to talk the rescue to mission. What happened well, between Togi and Laksana? <laughs> because forget was- about the forget about the rescue mission. There is an important event in Star Trek overall, which is that this is the episode where Wesley stops wearing his um, weird acting ensign jumpsuit and gets into a formal uniform because uh, Captain Picard gives him a field promotion to the rank of ensign. Uh, in this episode so this is the last time we stopped seeing wesley's sweaters in season one we stopped seeing uh wesley's weird jumpsuit in season 
<laughs> towards the end of season three, and we get Wesley now in a in a Starfleet uniform. Does anybody else wear that gray jumpsuit? I only ever saw Wesley wearing it. I don't trickle anyone else. Uh, I think this might be in the book, but I happen to know because I read about this like just randomly while I was looking ahead of the season online. But uh, General Cole, so at this on the behind the scenes, Gene Roddenberry gave Will Wheaton uh, his, I think it's uh, second lieutenant rank pins. Yeah. uh, In like a ceremony to mark the this you know in private to mark the occasion of wesley's promotion which probably meant more money for will wheaton as he was going to be a uh, <laughs> uh i don't know if rank translates some more money for actors but i imagine i don't think so I don't know. like a promotion no i don't know but <laughs> it should be but regardless it's pretty cool that gene roddenberry uh gave him those rank pips and then apparently general colin powell was present uh, during the filming of this episode, and oh. he's a huge Star Trek fan, but uh, he uh, he was there uh, for Wesley's little ceremony. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cool, right? Yeah. See, that's that was cool. worth, yeah. that was the worth the worth the price of admission for you there, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, cool. I didn't know Colin Powell was a, was a Trekkie. Yeah. I'm glad that it makes me so happy when I find out that our military commanders like Star Trek. <laughs> you know, the Picard maneuver is studied at West Point. Yeah. Okay. Now it's time to get the book. <laughs> <laughs> the book, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of this episode? I don't even know what this episode is called. And I just Troy. Okay. Wow, there's so many episodes left to go. Uh, while you're looking for it, I have um, Trekcore um, pulled up, so I can I can read what their behind the scenes are. Oh, that's him. <laughs> huh? That's like Powell. General Kyle oh. with LeVar Burton, and I'm not sure who's oh that over to the god. left there. I think that's his, that's Powell's his wife, wife, I think. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh my god, they look so young. Holy sh <laughs> <laughs> That's your reaction to a picture of General Colin Powell on the set of Star Trek. Yeah. Holy shit, they look so young. I love it. <laughs> we have to make a t-shirt out of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Here's oh, another. Mr. I, Mr. Home is in this. Is in this episode. Is, is that does that excite you? Is that is that the last time we see Mr. Home? No, I don't think. Is it? But she that changes guy. manservants at some point. Oh no! Here's another yeah. one for you, Doctor. Wait a minute. When did this happen? Some time in the nineties. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's kind of famous. Nancy yeah. and I were just curious to see what the set of the Enterprise looked like. So we went down there. <laughs> I don't know. That's such a terrible robbery. <laughs> Jean-Luc, go out there and win one for the Gipper. Do you remember? <laughs> that's, that's like him in the back, was he? <laughs> was that? There is a that picture was, that was I on Instagram of Patrick Stewart with President Reagan, and he looks a little horrified standing <laughs> next to him. Oh, my I God. Know. I don't know if Patrick Stewart was a fan or not.
Anyways, that's the end of my presentation. Oh, I thought you were, yeah. were going to show a picture. <laughs> I was waiting for a picture of Picard yeah. and Reagan together. I, was like, I apologize. Go on. Oh, man. <laughs> no wow. I was dying for that picture. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, so this is... Uh, let's see. Anything interesting? Oh, this was directed by somebody from the visual effects department, Rob Legato. Uh, and it it's the, includes the first ever look at the Betazoid surface. Beta Z right. surface. We do Sorry. see. And it is a Beta Z. Beta Z. The Beta Zs were filmed at the. Hmm? We find out how it's pronounced. Well, at least I did. I found out how it's pronounced. <laughs> the Beta Z uh, surface was filmed at the Huntington Library Botanical Garden in San Marian and uh, in San Mariano, an LA suburb. Um, the episode was thick with visitors, including Gene Roddenberry, since it was the first sale for his assistant Susan Sackett, and also the yearly vehicle for Gene Roddenberry's Majel, Gene Roddenberry's wife Majel Barrett. And um, yeah, it says the same thing that you just said about uh, uh, Gene Ronberry. I mean, I must Colin Powell. It. it must have been lifted from the book. My memory is of reading that information probably from the book or from. It's uh, his own ensign's bars that he earned in the U.S. Navy 30 years earlier. And General Colin Powell was on hand for the ceremony. Yep. Pretty cool. Nearly abandoned as adversaries, here the Ferengi are developed even further in a tale recalled later by Loxana and DS9's The Forsaken. Hmm. So, like, the Ferengi basically, yeah, I, one thing I am noticing is that we are, as we move... By the way, I think, doesn't DS9 launch this season? No. no. It's not until after the battle. Yeah. It's post-Wolf The Ferengi have a four-node <laughs> brain which resists empathic contact by Beta Zeds and other races. That's right. Interesting. Similar which, to how cows have four <laughs> stomachs. Which uh, leaves Troy's earlier sensing of box unexplained. <laughs> he had to be part something else. He might not have been a pure Ferengi. There's a USS Bradbury in this, and of course it's named for Ray Bradbury. Mm-hmm. And the Cochrane distortion pays homage to the discoverer of the space warp, Zephram Cochrane. Oh, Grax knew that Loxano's first husband was not Troy's dad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all there is. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was awesome. I have, have? A, you have some notes? I have from, um, <laughs> well, not many notes. It's like behind the scenes from Trekcore. Um, they, well, they, they mentioned one thing, which I never thought about it, to be honest. Uh, the body doubles were used for the Barrett um, Sirtis nude scene. So they used body doubles oh, for, there was for the, the nude, nude scene. Well, they're not really naked. Aren't not, they not, no, no, they're think... wearing blankets. Well, yeah, after all, but I, I don't think they've been like fully naked. It's like I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Anyways, the body double was used. That's interesting. 
Is that it? That's all you have? That's all about everything as a doctor has already said, so I don't want now to repeat anything. We've exhausted everything. We although, although I did find a picture with um, Reagan and Patty Stewart, so I don't know. How, how can I so share the screen? You want I to think see if that? you go over to your... Um, to the I said um, green green icon with an arrow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, if I if I do that, oh, nice. Okay. Whoa. There we go. Oh. Okay. Whoa. That's, that's Reagan. That? What? Yeah, where where is that from? That's the same. Um, I just I just randomly googled it to be honest. So I think that's. Wow. Yeah, and um, there was another one too. Um, when all the. All oh the, my God! Look at that. There, so. It's very blurry, and I think it's really, <laughs> really old as well. And there was one more, but I then you he, he looks a bit grim, to be honest, on that picture. Oh, yeah, he looks quite grim. Like it's like oh, okay, it's like <laughs> why I have to be there? <laughs> I don't even know, but it's um, yeah. Where's it's he's probably wondering where Spock is? <laughs> <laughs> probably. I don't understand where. Oh, poor Ronald Reagan. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Is is we're Reagan kids? Sorry, we are Reagan kids, and he got Alzheimer's. It was really tragic. He really did not recall when he was at those hearings. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I learned two things from President Reagan, which uh, have helped me uh, immensely in uh, great uh, uh, negotiating situations. Uh, and, no, I'm just kidding. This is a joke I always tell. But plausible deniability <laughs> is one of the greatest gifts Ronald Reagan gave to humanity uh, in general. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody could plausibly deny better than Reagan. Yes. And so, so I have taken the lessons of my youth to heart. <laughs> you have a singular wit, Doctor. Yes, yes. Anyways, uh, Gary, I'm sorry. That was a, that was a little uh, too much of a blast from the past there. Uh, but that was, that was for the Doctor. Um, okay, so I guess we should come to the part where we rate this episode. Now, Doctor, you're totally allowed to rate the episode based on memory. No, I, I exempt myself. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Can, so I do I have a few know. questions, but do you remember watching it the first time at all? Do you remember anything about this episode based on what we've been talking no, about? I, I I know I saw it, but I have no real concrete memories of it now. Well, um, it's totally unmemorable, <laughs> and I know so, I didn't like it. So I mean, it was I mean not that I mean I just didn't. <laughs> it's just not my cup of tea. It's not what I watch Star Trek for. It's just I don't I care. Know. But that's I the really beauty of that's the care. beauty of a of a series is you, you know when she's you looking for a husband again, right? No, no, no. 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 She's, she's looking, looking for a husband for, husband for Deanna. For, Troy, for Deanna. <laughs> See, there's always it's that or the other. I don't care. I really don't care. I really wish she had found a husband for her and taken her away. I mean, that's what I wish. Oh. Uh, okay. Anyway, so we know the doctor's probable rating is a zero. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't isn't it the same with all the Roxanne episode, Doctor? Uh, no, there is one that I like that I think is very good, which is the one where <laughs> it's gonna sound terrible. It's the it's the one where we find out that that she had a she had a miscarriage. Oh my and, god! Uh, which one is that? I, Have I, we gotten to that yet? That's that's season six season seven, or seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's later on. I, I I actually thought that was a fantastic episode. 
Oh, cool. Well, that'll be the luck that episode you. Yeah, because it's it's you know there's drama. It's it's not just the same old. Um, and the first one was entertaining. What about mm-hmm. this one's entertaining? What about the DS Nine one? Do you like her? Uh, the one with no. Odo and the Odo is like disintegrating in the bucket, and no, he disintegrates into her dress. Oh God, that was that was a bad one. I hated that one. <laughs> but I love that, that there's. Like, I'm happy to hear that there's two episodes that you, you one you like, and then one you you're like it's all right. Yeah, not bad. Considering there's only probably like four or five episodes with with her in it, so um, I do think that it's uh, it is. I think it's great that uh, M- Majel Barrett plays Luxana Troy, but uh, knowing that you know she's not around as a performer anymore, it would have been nice to see her uh, uh, donning a captain's uniform or something like that. But that's just like a you know a fan wish. <laughs> she, I um. I think she should have come back as number one from. I know. <laughs> it would have been great. Nice. Continue. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been very for space track. <laughs> for that, space track. Star Trek: The Cage counts as uh, as Star Trek. <laughs> Deep origin. Um, oh, before we go to the rating, I wanna. I just. I just happened to open this thing up. Um, is there a, an alien from the planet Algol in this in this episode? An Algonian. I think the one who plays, yeah, he's uh, playing the music, a... is it? Dun, 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 dun. Okay, um, <laughs> this is really off topic here. Okay, uh, in in Chicago, there's a lot of things called zines, and people just this, these are just things that people make on their own. You know, they've been happening since the seven, you know, for a long time. But they oh. really took off in the seventies, you know. Like, like fan fictions, fan magazines, is it? Yeah, like uh, a fan magazine, can we ta- right? Can we talk about the zine that we're involved with? Yeah, sure, of course. Of course, ours is much better than this. Okay, go, go. Well, <laughs> hang, on, hang on, go on. <laughs> but one that Emma found for me, and it's actually about season three of Next Generation, and it was written back in in the nineties. It's by some guy called uh, Joshua Chapman copyright 1992 and what he does is it's a guide to it's a field guide to all the aliens that are seen in season three why have you not been using this throughout the no (laughs) because emma just gave it to me um, oh like right my last trip yeah my last trip to chicago and i opened it up and and it's this isn't black and white but there's a picture of this thing and i'm like what is this so this kid by the way, he rates. I don't know if this rating is the alien or the episode, but the rating is two stars. <laughs> and, and he says, "This alien stands around at the back of a party, playing an unnecessarily complicated chime xylophone thing. It is like six feet long, but they just play four notes over and over for the whole party." <laughs> It's ingrained in my head. I've had that song in my head since this episode aired in the nineties. Like it's never left me. That's More reason. Don't know. <laughs> More reason to warn people away from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they are a pretty lame alien. They are a pretty lame alien. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, okay, they are a pretty lame alien, but that makes sense because this is an episode with Troy's mom, and those are always the worst. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh, oh gosh! This is straight from 1992, folks. 
Sometimes oh. I think it makes sense that Troy is the worst person on the Enterprise because her mom is so annoying. But then I think about how my mom is a bitch. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I am not like that. No. So that is no excuse. Wow. <laughs> All my mom does is lay around and watch TV and talk shit about people. She is always getting mad at me for BS reasons just because she is unhappy. If I had Deanna's mom and I was psychic, there is no way I would turn out as lame as her. Oh, what? Wow. That, so this that whole a, thing that was is oddly, filled, <laughs> that was oddly personal music. and cathartic, yet I it resonates with this episode. It's actually it really does. it's a, <laughs> that's you should, there's some other good ones that it, this was a zine that was distributed in Chicago, or do you know where? Where was it? Yes, like, do you know anything? Chicago. So Joshua Chapman, I have no idea if you exist still, uh, but if you happen to chance upon this episode of Starfleet Boy, please contact us. Or if anyone out there knows who Joshua Chapman of this zine is, I, we, I think we'd love to pay tribute to you further. <laughs> this is kind of awesome. <laughs> there's there's some really great insight into into some of these aliens here it's really good the, this is from we all did allegiance right yes okay you remember the, remember it's the online one that, too. the alien that uh that surrenders to everybody yes okay so he gets three stars <laughs> oh, these these aliens are supposed to be really smart but the one we meet is kind of stuck up about it too. They consider themselves to be very peaceful and to not have any enemies, but other aliens seem to think that these guys are just cowards who don't put up any resistance when they get invaded. Earlier this year, I got mugged on my way to school <laughs> and somebody tried to steal the Walkman I had just got for my birthday. <laughs> oh shit. Oh. I begged the guy not to take it, and I promised him I would leave money for him at the bus stop the next day. But then I just started talking a different. Then I just started taking a different bus to school. When I told my teachers about it, they said it was very smart not to try and fight him. That a Walkman is not worth getting injured over. But I don't think being smart had anything to do with it. It was my. It was way. I was way too scared to even think about fighting that guy. He was wearing a big puffy jacket, and some of the kids at school said that people wear jackets like that so that they can hide sawed-off shotguns underneath them. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. This is great, man. <laughs> I love this little zine, man. It's great. Oh, my gosh. It's like a yeah. time capsule of the 90s in Chicago. It is. Wow. It is. And then they wow. had. He, I'm sorry. I have to read one more. Okay. Can you show this us is, the alien though? I want to see. Yeah. The this is this is from. This is the aliens that kidnap them. <laughs> yes, and, I will, definitely want to. And hear and he's got a picture of, of of their butts. <laughs> <laughs> he gives them two stars. He doesn't know the name of the alien. These are aliens who kidnap Picard and lock him in a room with some other aliens. And also, they send a doppelganger to take Picard's place in the Enterprise. These aliens say that they communicate psychically and that they are all identical, and they did these things to better understand behavior and concepts like authority. But apparently, they have already kidnapped some other aliens to discover seduction techniques because the fake Picard totally puts the moves on Dr. Crusher. Wow. <laughs> 
And then he sings suspiciously. Other things about these aliens are that they have giant heads with crazy nostrils and that they wear very tight pants that make their butts stand out. Oh my gosh. Oh, I can't read anymore. For $10, you can get all seven seasons of the field the field guide to the aliens of star trek the next generation seasons one through seven from joshua chapman yes it's online there's a website oh my called God. antiquated future here i'm gonna share my screen here Can i you share that i'm so compelled by this i'm gonna uh, get it this is a great find <laughs> <laughs> wow i'll send you the link uh hold on let me present to everyone <clears throat> If you jo- if you enjoyed the field guide to aliens of Star Trek: The Next Generation season three as much as we did, there's one through seven which we're gonna have to acquire now for our show. Wow! <laughs> well, I'm gonna see if there's a way to reach out to to Joshua Chapman. It's so cool, but uh, that's definitely gonna go into the library. Okay. New, very cool. So th- I'm really excited about this episode. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's like we just found something new and cool. Yeah. Thank you, Emma, once again. <laughs> so on that note, uh, I know <laughs> we try to keep the episodes, uh, you know, you know, well within a time frame. But I'd like to say um, that we're involved with the zine with Emma. Um, uh, it's the Milky Way Malt Shop, and we only have one issue right now <laughs> do you have one there or yes. should i run get one no 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 i have it hold on oh no okay you talk about it while i go get it oh you're gonna go get it okay he's gonna <laughs> go get it. so gary do you know what the milky way malt shop is what should it what the milky way malt shop do you know what that is never heard of it way back in the day when uh the doctor and i were just young uh, young communicators uh, growing up on the mean streets of Miami, uh, we started a website called the Milky Way Malt Shop. And it was just a place where myself, the doctor, and some of our friends posted sto- short stories and poetry and things like that. Is it still online? Uh, no, but you can go to archive.org and type in the Milky Way Malt Shop.com and it'll show you what it looked like throughout those years that it was archived. Um, <clears throat> Anyways, uh, at, at it was the early frontier days of, of the internet, deep space internet, and it blew up. Like it, all of a sudden, we had so many uh, uh, authors from all over the world writing, and it it was quite a comprehensive website with lots and lots of submissions, and uh, and uh, we had a, a cool thing. But unfortunately, uh, as time passed. And and we became more of more adults, <laughs> and had responsibilities and things like that. We couldn't keep up the uh, cost, the high cost of uh, maintaining a, a website, especially since like things started to change directions in the internet. And it was yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting, cool time. Anyways, the mall shop <clears throat> is now archived in paper format, so we can always somehow put it back online. But then a new version of the mall shop rose from the ashes of the of the Malt Shop Phoenix, and it's a zine that Emma, uh, our friend Emma, a doctor's special friend Emma, (laughs) has worked on. (laughs) Go ahead, doctor. You got to say something to show it. Are you talking? Whatever. You did something and we can't hear you now. (laughs) 
<laughs> the doctor is unavailable by audio. <laughs> Maybe you just make sure you plug those headphones in all the way. Okay, now he's muted. Oh, you're muted. No, unmute. <laughs> oh, jeez, for crying in the night. What did you do? Oh, you yeah, have to with me all the time, so it's fine. If you, I know, there's always a technical difficulty <laughs> on Starfleet Boy. If you go up to the little uh, settings tab up there, and you click and make sure your audio is coming from the snowball microphone. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? Oh, no. Oh. Oh. I don't know. We can't hear the doctor. I'm going to go get my copy of the mall shop. <laughs> Hang on, everybody. <laughs> Anyways, here is the print edition. Ooh. Oh, okay, nice. There you go. Print edition of the Milkway Malt Shop. It's a pretty cool zine. And inside, we'll just show you. It's beautifully illustrated. And. Oh, those are hand, hand, handwritten? Um, the introduction and stuff? But, oh, no, it's a proper. Right. Wow, it's a nice. Pro- no, it's, very, it's all designed. All of this work is Emma's work. Um, wow. Yeah, she's really great. Crazy. There's like a cool um, installation piece in here where you wow. fits nice. interactive. You can actually pull this out. Yep, yep, yep. And more illustrations that match the the written work. <laughs> oh, I like one more. Hold on. The doctor's so proud right now. He's just like <laughs> can't speak. He's muted, but he's like you can see his expression <laughs> there. All right, and here, look at that one. Wow. Yep, yep. Which, by the way, this is written by the doctor's brother, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. <laughs> all right. It's all credit to the doctors and, and, and family. All right. So we don't wow. have the doctor, but it doesn't matter because his rating doesn't count. We're going to wrap up this episode. Gary, what's your rating for this episode? I'm going to give it a, a oh gosh, I don't know, nine and a half. Wow, nine and a half stars! Oh my god! <laughs> but I don't know why. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, why I won't give like ten or something? No, no. Tell, oh well, my god! Come on, just uh, nine and a half stars. Explain yourself a little bit. You're giving the doctor a heart attack, by the way. It's, it's, <laughs> I didn't mean that. Convulsion over there. He's holding on to the Troy figure. I don't know what's going on. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't really have any problem with this episode. I'm, I'm, I think probably nine and a half because we still stuck with Wesley for one more year, and you know, it's it's okay, it's fine. <laughs> I so I agree that there's a few touching moments in the episode. I also like the uh, slapstick comedy and like some of the gags. And oh, we didn't talk about one where the original script, uh, when she hands Riker that piece of lettuce in the episode and like <laughs> eat this it was supposed to be uh like a zucchini with veins on it and he was supposed to take a bite out of that so that was <laughs> i like that that bite. was what gene roddenberry wrote into it anyways there's lots of innuendo lots of gags uh <laughs> look at your face doctor it's so expensive <laughs> anyways there's <laughs> innuendo and gags and we get um 
just a fun time. But for me, it, it, I, I think of rewatchability as like an important factor when I'm giving these ratings. And while if it's, if it happens to be on television, like I probably won't change the channel, but I don't think I would go out of my way to watch this episode over and over again. There's not much to remember or. No, or I, I, I do like love that. the feeling when at the end, you know, Captain Picard says like warp nine, uh, and you know, when, when black ends up in the bridge and, she basically, you know, I, I don't know. It's, lab. it's, it's, such, it's just very... such an adorable scene. The the, the end true. scene, and, and um, I don't know. It just gives me that special Star Trek feeling. I know, that, I know, I know. It's it it's there in in many multiple ways in many other episodes and in in a, in a better way. But I don't know these little bits from from mm-hmm. um, from the episodes that 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 just I don't know just energizes me sometimes with some Trek feeling. To nine and a half stars. <laughs> nine and a half stars. Uh, and I, I will give this <laughs> doctor's waiting wow. six stars. <laughs> That's yeah, it's get six stars. I know yours is zero, but sorry, it's gonna get six stars. So this is a six star episode for me, uh, and that's it. Bob's your uncle, as they say. Uh, <laughs> Mute Doctor and Gary, it's been so much fun talking to you guys. Um, thanks for joining me on another episode. Um, and as always, uh, uh, thank you to our audience for joining along. And uh, have a wonderful day. Live long and prosper. And uh, peace and long life. I'll see you next time. Oh.